Hi, and welcome to episode one of Coffee and Covid. I'm sat in my homemade studio with a coffee, a flat white for those interested, just before I go on to night shifts again this evening. And for this first episode, I'm just going to answer one of the questions that I seem to be getting asked a lot, which is how has my job in hospital changed and how have things changed for me as a result? Well, a lot has changed. I'm an anaesthetist and we are doctors that provide anaesthetics to put people to sleep for their operations. So we're used to giving drugs and using ventilators and every anaesthetist actually does intensive care training. So naturally, most of us have been pulled to work in intensive care. In fact, for me, it's been really stark because I've gone from bringing babies into the world, not that I'm giving birth personally, as in, I'm giving anaesthetic to mothers to help them bring new life into the world and now I'm in intensive care trying to stop it from ending. But in intensive care we're doing things that we'd normally do anyway, so we're putting in invasive lines for monitoring or for giving medications, we're managing these ventilators and people's breathing, so familiar stuff. Although one change has been this personal protective equipment, the PPE, which we have to wear in intensive care because of the coronavirus. And putting the whole thing on takes longer than me getting dressed in the morning, which I'm sure doesn't surprise some people. And I don't know if you've seen the pictures, but you have to wear a gown, two pairs of gloves, a tight-fitting mask, a visor, a hat. I'm already sweating in this. And if you have to do one of the invasive procedures, you then have to wear a sterile gown with another pair of gloves on top of that. So it is just a sweat fest. And when I take it off, I look like I've just got out of a swimming pool. So I'm in there for ages before doffing, which is a posh sounding term for essentially taking it all off because you need to get everything uh, done in the intensive care unit before you can come out. So after six hours and all that stuff, I can tell you going to the toilet is one of the most lovely things. One of the biggest pains has been the FFP3 mask, the face mask. And before you can wear one of those, you have to be fit tested on it so that it's the right type for you and doesn't leak. And being tested means sitting inside a plastic hood whilst an assessor pumps in an odour and anything that comes into your head you can smell. So like crisps, oranges, bonfire, whatever, which is all okay as long as it's not the thing that they're spraying into the hood. For me, it's meant that I've had to shave every single day as having a beard or stubble can cause a mask to leak. Now, I've always had a bit of beard or stubble and shaving has made me feel very self-conscious and my girlfriend is particularly upset as she now thinks I look like a young boy. But you also can't recognise anyone when you're in your full gown and masks and everything and you're constantly looking at colleagues for their name or something to identify them and you lose all those non-verbal cues from people and you realise it's actually pretty difficult getting feedback from someone when you've only got their eyebrows to look at. Having to wear PPE also highlights one of the most difficult things about this coronavirus outbreak, as it means that family and loved ones are not allowed in routinely. I think seeing family and loved ones is part of the therapy, so to distance them makes it tougher for the patient and it makes it tougher for the family too. There's a psychological impact of wearing PPE too, because each time you're reminded of just how contagious this disease is. I mean, you put all this gear on, and then you want to make sure your colleagues are fully covered and protected, and then you go off into the red zone. So the feeling of risk is always there, 
But once inside, I strangely become used to the fear because it's work as usual, really. I mean, you're seeing patients, you're doing reviews, you're writing up medications. One thing that struck me about this disease is the time it takes from infection to becoming ill, the time in hospital, time to recovery. And people who become very ill end up in intensive care, and it can be for a long time. I mean, 10, 20, 30 days. So it doesn't take much to realise that if even a small proportion of the population became this unwell, it could be overwhelming, which is what we're hoping to avoid and why all these public health measures are in place. There's been some really bright and welcoming points too. I mean, having food provided, especially overnight, is greatly appreciated. I think I've even had a Tom Kerridge meal because I saw venison in the staff canteen, which is the most exotic item I've ever spotted in a hospital. And there's free staff parking as well, which I hope will stay afterwards. Personally, I've made changes. I've given up eating finger food outside of home, so no crisps, especially at hospital, because, I mean, there's not always a sink in the vicinity of where you want to eat crisps at hospital. The last time I washed my hands, then had to go through three doors whilst guarding my one clean hand before finally getting to eat them. Also, with four living beings, one human, two cats and a dog, it's also meant some odd routines. For instance, there's a bucket in the porch now, and after a shift, I strip into that, and once completely naked, the door is unlocked from the inside by my girlfriend, and I run into the shower while she holds back the animals. Although I'd argue that the unlocking of the door takes longer than need be. So there we go, that's how some things have changed for me since the COVID outbreak. Over coming episodes, I'll be answering questions and chatting to some other NHS healthcare workers, friends and colleagues across the country about how the current situation is affecting them. If you've any questions for me or my guests, you can submit them at coffeeandcovid.co.uk and you can also find me on Twitter at dredpatrick. Also, if you're feeling super generous, please do give a five-star review for this podcast on the podcast app. Music in this podcast was created by David Curran. Links to his work and other details are in the episode notes. Stay safe and see you in episode two. Oh!